Amen. All right, well, we're there in Proverbs chapter number 6, and I'd like you to keep your place right there in Proverbs, and go with me to the book of Genesis, if you would. Genesis chapter number 47, keep your place in Proverbs 6, we're going to come right back to it, and go with me to the book of Genesis, and do me a favor, when you get to Genesis, put your uh, ribbon or a bookmark or something there as well, because we're going to go back to Proverbs, and we're going to go back to Genesis uh, throughout the sermon. And of course, uh, this morning we are continuing in our series entitled, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Christians. And this is uh, based loosely on a book, a famous book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And what I, I read through this book just as a business uh, book and as a leadership book, and I found that the seven habits all had biblical uh, uh, underlying truths to them, and I decided that it'd be good to uh, preach a sermon uh, series through these, and uh, we're talking about how to live the effective Christian life. Now, let me begin by just kind of uh, uh, defining the word effective. Uh, definition for the word effective is this, adequate to accomplish a purpose, producing the intended or expected result. And when we're talking about the seven habits of highly effective Christians, we're talking about habits that you can have in your life that will help you to accomplish your purpose, to produce the intended or expected result of your life. Now, on Wednesday, we began this series with an introduction, uh, with an introductory sermon called Inside Out. And we learned that every problem in our life can be fixed from the inside out, that if when we begin to work on ourselves, we can begin to better our lives. Today, we are tackling habit number one, and habit number one is this, be proactive. Be proactive. Now, let me define the word proactive for you, and we're going to jump into scripture here in a minute. The word proactive is defined as creating or controlling a situation by causing something to happen rather than responding to it after it has happened. Let me read that again. Creating or controlling a situation by causing something to happen rather than responding to it after it has happened. People who live effective lives, people who live their lives in such a way to accomplish their purpose, to produce the intended or expected result, one thing they practice in their lives is the fact that they are proactive people. They are creating or controlling situations by causing something to happen rather than responding to it after it has happened. The opposite of being proactive is being inactive, is not doing anything. And the opposite of proactive is also being reactive, is just reacting to the situations in our lives. Now, are you there in Genesis chapter 47? I'd like you to look down at verse number six, and this is a verse, I think this is a verse that uh, Pastor Anderson uh, referenced uh, during our Red Hot Preaching Conference, but it's a good verse, and I want you to notice it. It kind of shows you what it means to be proactive, and I want to give you uh, three uh, thoughts this morning, three statements. I'd encourage you to write these down, and I'll go ahead and give you the first one. Number one, what does it mean to be proactive? Being proactive means making things happen. Being proactive means making things happen. It is the opposite of being inactive. Proactive is someone that makes something happen. Now, in Genesis 47, uh, here we have Pharaoh speaking to Joseph about his family. Joseph's family just came into Egypt, of course, during the famine. And I want you to notice what Pharaoh said in Genesis 47, verse 6. The Bible says this, The land of Egypt is before thee, and the best of the land make thy father and brethren to dwell. In the land of Goshen let them dwell. And I want you to notice these words that Pharaoh says to Joseph. He says, And if thou knowest any, notice these words, 
men of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. I like how Pharaoh put that. And what he's asking Joseph is, if you know any men who are proactive, any men who are who take initiative, any men who make things happen. And he called them here men of activity, men that are not just inactive, men that are not just reactive. He says, if thou knowest any men of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. Now, uh, keep your place there in Genesis 47 and go back to Proverbs chapter 6, if you would. Genesis 47, go back to Proverbs 6. We're talking about being proactive means making things happen. To make things happen, you must take the initiative. To make things happen, you must take the initiative. Proverbs chapter 6, and I want you to notice verse 6 here. The Bible says this, Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6, Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Here we have Solomon trying to teach us a lesson for the lazy man. And the sluggard is someone who is lazy. And he says, look, go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. He's saying, look, if you're a sluggard, if you're lazy, if you're inactive, if you're not proactive, he says, why don't you take a lesson from the ant? Now, here's the lesson. Notice verse 7. Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. What is the lesson that we can learn from the ant? And it is this, that though she doesn't have a guide, an overseer, or a ruler, she provideth her meat. What's the lesson? Is this, that she doesn't need to be told what to do. She takes initiative. She realizes that there are things that need to be done. She gets the fact that, hey, summer's not going to last forever. Winter is coming. We need to provide meat. We need to gather food. And though there's nobody just over her telling her, hey, you need to, uh, you know, get this done. You need to make sure you're prepared for this. She takes initiative, and that's what it means to be proactive. Being proactive means that you make things happen, and making things happen means that you take Initiative, And I would hope that there are some young people uh, listening to the sermon this morning and that they would take this lesson of being pro- proactive. You know, when it comes to uh, school, you need to take initiative for your education. You can't just live your life in such a way where mom or dad have to be hovering over you and making sure that you're getting your schoolwork done, making sure that you're getting everything accomplished that you need to get done. You know what? You need to take initiative. You need to decide to be someone who's proactive and realize you're not going to be a kid your whole life. You're not going to be a teenager your whole life. You're one day going to have to go out in the real world and work a real job and provide for yourself. And the things you're learning right now, the education you're gathering right now, you're going to need that in the future. And you have to take some initiative in your life and, uh, and get it done. And you know what? As adults, if you go to work, don't be the type of worker that, you know, the Bible refers to them as uh, those who are men pleasers and serving only by eye service, where you're only going to work if your boss is watching you. You got to take initiative and get things done. You're there in the book of Proverbs. Go to the book of Ecclesiastes, if you would. Just one book over to the book of Ecclesiastes. And while you turn there, let me just read to you uh, from uh, a, a quote here from the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People uh, book. He says this, many people wait for something to happen or someone to take care of them. 
But people who end up with the good jobs are the proactive ones who are solutions to the problem, not problems themselves. And that's what you want to be. If you want to be someone who is going to be effective in life, who's going to accomplish the results that they desire for their life, you want to be proactive. You don't want to just sit around and wait for something to happen or for someone to take care of you. You need to decide, hey, in life... I want to be the solution to the problem, not the problem. I don't want to be the issue that needs to get fixed. I want to be the one who is fixing the issue. So being productive means that we have to make things happen. It's not being inactive. It's not being a sluggard. And what does it mean to make things happen? Well, it means that you have to take initiative. Making things happen also means that you have to put in effort. Are you there in Ecclesiastes chapter 9? Look down at verse number 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10. Notice what the Bible says. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. The Bible says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. The word might means your strength. The Bible says, look, if you're going to do something, if you're going to give yourself to something, if whatever your hand finds to do, he says, do it with all your might. Do it with all your strength. You say, why? For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Here's what this verse is saying. It's saying, anything that you're going to get done, anything that you're going to get accomplished, you're going to have to get it done while you're alive. There's no, once you're dead, you're done. Once you're dead, there's no investing anything. There's no accomplishing anything. There's no getting anything done. He says, look, so whatsoever thy hand finds to do, do it with thy might. He says, look, anything that is worth doing, it's worth doing well. Anything that is worth doing, it's worth putting your effort into it. Go to the book of Colossians in the New Testament, if you would. Colossians chapter number 3. In the New Testament, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, uh, Colossians. And while you turn there, I'll read to you another quote from the book. It says this, Taking initiative does not mean being pushy, obnoxious, or aggressive. It does mean recognizing our responsibility to make things happen. See, the Bible says this, if you're going to do something, you got to do it with all your might. You know, I decided, well, when I, uh, when, when my wife and I went into ministry, we thought to ourselves, if we're going to do this, we want to do it with all our strength. We want to put everything we've got into it. We want to try to accomplish the most we can. And look, you say, oh, well, uh, is that because this is a spiritual work and it's ministry? Look, it doesn't matter if you've got a job at McDonald's. If you got a job at McDonald's flipping hamburgers, then decide you're going to do it with all your might. Decide you're going to do it with all your strength. Look, whatever you decide to do, you ought to decide, I'm going to take the initiative and I'm going to put, I'm going to do it with my effort. Whatsoever thy hand find to do, do it with all thy might. And look, you ought to be known as an individual that if we give you something to do, that person is going to do it and they're going to do it well. At work, you should be known as the employee. That if your boss gives you a job, you're not just going to just put in half the work, or you're not just going to, you know, do the the minimum required. That you're going to do it with your might. Notice Colossians chapter three, Colossians chapter three and verse twenty-three. The Bible says this: "And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily." The word "heartily" means with your heart with your strength, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily 
as to the Lord and not unto men. See, as Christians, our motivation for being proactive ought to be that whatever we do, we're doing it as to the Lord. That whatever we do, we're not doing it for men. You're, when you go to work, you're not, uh, you're, you're not there to please men. You're there to please the Lord. When you, homeschool mom, are homeschooling your children, you ought to do it with your might. You ought to do it with all your heart. And you ought to do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. Whatever your hand finds to do. Look, proactive people are the people who accomplish their goals, who accomplish their purpose in life. And being proactive means that you make things happen. It is the opposite of being inactive. And what that means is that you must take the initiative. You must be like the ant, thou sluggard, who decides, I don't need someone to tell me. I don't need someone to, uh, to force me. I realize that there are things that need to get done, and I'm going to do those things. And it also means that you must put effort into what you're doing. Whatsoever thy hand find it to do, do it with thy might. Now, go with me, if you would, back to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter number 22. Proverbs chapter 22, and this morning we're speaking about being proactive, being proactive. Effective people are proactive people, and in the sermon what I'm doing is I'm just kind of explaining to you what it means to be proactive. First, being proactive means that you make things happen. Being proactive means that you are a man or a woman of activity, that you are getting things done. And and you say, well, how do I become uh, someone who is making things happen? Well, it happens by taking initiative, and and it happens by putting in effort. It happens by being the type of young person, by being the type of young adult, by being the type of worker, by being the type of pastor or husband or mother or wife or teenager who doesn't have to always be told what to do. Hey, look. Teenagers, if you've been given chores at home, you shouldn't have to be told every week, take the trash out, take the trash out. It's Tuesday night, take the trash out. Look, you need to take some initiative and realize, hey, this is my job. And then, do with all your might. You know, don't take the trash out and then forget to put another bag in. Don't take the trash out and, and, you know, you take the trash out, but then there's trash around the trash can on the floor. You know, pick that up while you're at it. The point is this, whatsoever the hand finds to do, do it with your might. Whatever you decide to do, whatever you get involved into, whatever you uh, are going to do, whatsoever you do, do it heartily. The Bible says, whether we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, do all to the glory of God. It doesn't matter what you do, whatever you're doing, you ought to decide, I'm doing this for God. So I'm going to put effort into it. I'm doing this for God. So I'm going to take initiative. I'm doing this for God. Uh, So I'm going to be proactive, not inactive. I'm going to be proactive, and I'm going to make things happen. But I want you to notice there's a second thing that it means to be proactive. I said, number one, being proactive means making things happen. But number two, and I'd like you to write this down, being proactive means working on what you can control. Being proactive means working on what you can control. See, being proactive means making things happen. That is the opposite of being inactive. But being proactive also means working on what you can control. And that is the opposite of being reactive. Not someone who allows life to happen to them, but someone who happens to life. Are you there in Proverbs 22? I want you to notice verse number 13. 
Proverbs 22 and verse 13, the Bible says this, the slothful man, now remember we saw in Proverbs 6, the sluggard, that's a lazy man. The slug is an animal that you and I would look at, it's an insect that we would look at and say, that's not a very active, you know, insect, it moves very slow. Well, a sloth is the same way. It's an animal that doesn't move very fast, and God is using these uh, adjectives to describe for us someone who's lazy. He says, the slothful man saith, notice what the slothful man says, he says, there is a lion without, I shall be slain in the streets. Now what this proverb is teaching us is this, that a lazy man always has a reason why they can't do something. There's always an excuse why they can't accomplish something. You go to a slothful man and say, hey, uh, are, are you going to go to work? Are you going to go plant a vineyard? Are you going to go build a fence? Are you going to go do something with your life? And he says, no, well, there's a lion without. There's a lion out there, and I shall be slain in the street. See, a sluggard always has a reason as to why they cannot accomplish something. Proactive people realize that the problem is not out there, that the problem is right here, and that if we're going to fix the problem, we need to fix it from the inside out. See, proactive people work on what they can control. They're not reactive. And what that means is that they realize that there's not, the problem isn't out there. Look, you say, if you say, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not happy with my life. I'm not accomplishing what I would like to accomplish. I'm not getting done what I'd like to get done. I, I, I thought by this time in my life that maybe I would be further ahead in my career. Maybe I'd be further ahead financially. Or maybe I'd be further ahead uh, in, in my relationships. You know, or maybe I thought I'd be further ahead. Whatever it is. Maybe you thought, I thought in my life I'd be further ahead than I am now. Realize that lazy people will blame what's out there. It's the lion that's keeping me from getting to work. It's the lion. The slothful man saith, there is a lion without, it shall, I shall be slain in the streets. Let me read to you from uh, the seven habits here. A quote. You turn to Genesis 39 if you would. Genesis 39. And I'll read to you a quote from the book. He said this, Anytime we think the problem is out there, that thought is the problem. We empower what's out there to control us. The change paradigm is outside in. What's out there has to change before we can change. The proactive approach is to change from the inside out. See, when you say, well, I could if I could do this if that would change. I could accomplish more if the outside would change. When you live your life that way, you are empowering what's out there to control you. And proactive people say, you know what? The problem isn't out there. The problem's right here. The, the, the problems with my marriage are not out there. The problems with my marriage are right here. The problems with my child rearing are not out there, but they're right here, and I can work on them from the inside out. Proactive people realize that the problem is not out there, that the problem is right here. And proactive people work on what they can control and do not worry about what they cannot. Proactive people work, proactive people go to work on that which they have control over, and they just don't worry about what they cannot control. See, in life, there are things that I 
can control and there are things that I cannot control. There are things that I can work on, that I can fix, that I can change, and there are things that I cannot work on and that I cannot change. And proactive people, they decide, hey, you know what, I'm going to go to work on that which I can control and I'm not going to worry about what I cannot control. Now, if there is an example in the Bible of someone who just went to work on that which they could control and just didn't worry about what they could not control, I I would say that that would be Joseph. Joseph in the Bible had a lot of things happen to him. He had his brothers lie, excuse me, he had his brothers uh, uh, sell him into slavery And then he gets sold to Potiphar's house. And then he has Potiphar's wife lie about him and get him thrown into prison. And then he has his friends in prison forget about him. He had all these things that happened in his life. But yet you'll notice when you study the life of Joseph that Joseph was very proactive. He just went to work on that which he could control. And he didn't worry about the rest. So you're there in Genesis 39. Look at verse number 4. Genesis chapter 39 and verse 4. The Bible says this, And Joseph found grace in his sight. And this is referring to Potiphar, who has purchased Joseph as a slave. Now I want you to notice the next few words. The Bible says this, And he served him. Joseph has been basically kidnapped from his home, sold into slavery, taken down into Egypt, sold into the house of Potiphar as a slave. And you know what? The Bible says, and he served him. Joseph just decided this. He says, you know what? I don't have control over this. I didn't want to be a slave. I didn't want to live in Egypt. I didn't want to live in Potiphar's house. But I can't control that. That's what's already happened in my life. But if I'm here, I might as well be proactive. If I'm here, I'm just going to go ahead and take some initiative. If I'm going to be a slave, Joseph would say, then I'm going to be the best slave that I can be. Because Joseph was a proactive individual. He said, look, whatsoever thy hand find to do, do it thy might. The Bible says, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had, he put into his hand. We see Joseph being proactive as a slave. Notice verse number 6, Genesis 39 and verse 6. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. Why why would he do that? Here's why. Because Joseph was proactive. Because he took initiative. Because he put effort into his work. And he knew not aught that uh, he had, save the bread, the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. Notice, the Bible says, he knew not aught he had. Potiphar, the boss, was not just looking over Joseph, making sure everything was getting done. He just said, hey, you know what? Here's a young man who uh, takes some initiative. Here's a young man who puts an effort. Here's a young man. He's, he's like the ant. He doesn't need an overseer. He just gets done what he needs to get done. And, and, and look, the Bible says that he was well favored as a result. But notice, not only was Joseph proactive in Potiphar's house, but Joseph was also proactive as a prisoner. Go down to verse 22. Now, I don't know about you, but if I got sold into slavery, I'd probably sit there with a bad attitude. You know, well, I'm not going to work for you. I'm not going to get things done for you. If you want to, you know, purchase me as a slave, you're going to regret it. You're going to get the worst slave you've ever had. You know, that's what my flesh would tell me to do. But that's not what Joseph did. Joseph said, I don't want to be a slave. This is not what I thought would happen in my life. This is not where I thought I would be as a 17-year-old, a slave in a foreign land. But if I'm going to be here, then I'm going to put effort into it. I'm going to put work into it. I'm going to put initiative into it. 
And then notice things get worse for Joseph. He's lied about. He's thrown in prison. So what does he do there? He becomes proactive. Notice Genesis 39, verse 22. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. Notice these words. If there's ever words in the Bible that describe being proactive, here they are. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. What does that mean? It means that he was proactive. It means that he took the initiative, he put in the effort. What if it was said about you at your job, whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it? What if it was said about you at Verity Baptist Church, hey, whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it? What if it was said of you in your home with your family, whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it? That is a description of someone who is proactive, someone who is not reactive. See, proactive people realize that the problem is not out there. And that's not to say that there are not problems out there. But proactive realize, proactive people realize that they need to focus on that which they can control. That the problems that they can control are right here. And they get to work on that which they can control. And they don't worry about what they can't. Let me read to you another quote from the book here. It says this, Proactive people focus their efforts in their circle of influence. And when he refers to the circle of influence, he refers to the things that you have control over. He says, Proactive people focus their efforts in their circle of influence. They work on the things that they can do something about. And look, you can live your life just making excuses and blaming the lions that are out there as to why you know, you're failing financially or you're failing with your health or you're failing with your relationships or you're failing with whatever it is you're failing in life. You can sit there and do that, but here's the point. You'll never get better. Proactive people say, well, I'm going to work on what I can work on. I'm going to realize that the problem's not out there. The problem's right here. Proactive people act. They do not react, and they are not acted upon. Proactive people don't allow life. Joseph did not allow life. I mean, other than maybe Job, you could not find another character in the Bible that had more bad things happen to him than Joseph, but Joseph decided, you know what? I'm not going to let life determine who I'm going to be, I'm not going to be someone, I'm going to be someone who acts, not someone who is acted upon. I'd like to read to you just another little excerpt from this book. This is a little bit of a lengthier one. It's a story, but it kind of explains what it means to be uh, proactive. Because if you remember, being proactive means making things happen. It means you take initiative and you put in the effort. Being proactive means that you work on what you can control. It's the opposite of being inactive is the opposite of being reactive. Proactive people realize that the problem's not out there. The problem's in here. The problem's right here. And we need to work on that which we can control and not worry about that which we cannot control. Here's a little story from the book. He says this. At one time, I worked with a group of people in the home improvement industry. These were representatives from 20 different organizations who met quarterly to share their numbers and problems in an uninhibited way. This was during a time of heavy recession, and the negative impact on this particular industry was even heavier than on the economy in general. These people were fairly discouraged as we began. The first day, our discussion question was, what's happening to us? What's the stimulus? 
Many things were happening. The environmental pressures were powerful. There was widespread unemployment. And many of these people were laying off friends just to maintain the viability of their enterprises. By the end of of the day, everyone was even more discouraged. The second day, we addressed the question, what's going to happen in the future? We studied environmental trends with the underlying reactive assumptions that those things would create their future. By the end of the second day, we were even more depressed. Things were going to get worse before they got better, and everyone knew it. So on the third day, we decided to focus on the proactive question, what is our response? What are we going to do? How can we exercise initiative in this situation? In the morning, we talked about managing and reducing costs. In the afternoon, we discussed increasing market shares. We brainstormed both areas, then concentrated on several very practical, very doable things. A new spirit of excitement, hope, and proactive awareness concluded the meetings. At the very end of the third day, we summarized the results of the conference in a three-part answer to the question, how's business? Part one. What's happening to us is not good, and the trend suggests that it will get worse before it get better. It gets better. Part two, but what we are causing to happen is very good, for we are better managing and reducing our costs and increasing market shares. Part three, therefore, business is better than ever. And the reason I read this little story to you is just to show you, you know, in life, you can sit there and just complain and blame everything around you. Or you can decide to be proactive. Go back to the book of Proverbs, if you would, Proverbs chapter 10. And while you turn there, you know, I'll use this example um, of what we're living through right now with this uh, coronavirus. You know, we, we initially had shut down for a little while, and then we came back, and we spent several weeks building and, and rebuilding, when we came back and opened up church, we started uh, with about 150 people. And I just decided, you know what? We're just going to rebuild. We're going to rebuild from where we're at. We're not going to sit here and complain about what's happening. And, you know, I started preaching a series on revival. And, and every week, you know, we were growing and growing. And the week right before the Red Hall Preaching Conference, we had 193 people in church, very close to where we were right before uh, we had closed down. And then we we decided we need to close down again. And I'm not sure how long we're going to be closed down. For sure, a couple of weeks, uh, maybe a little longer, depending on how things go. And, you know, it would be very easy to just sit there and say, well, we, we can't do ministry because of what's going on out there. You know, this COVID-19 thing is just messing everything up and, and, and we can't accomplish. But look, you know what? We've decided as the pastor of this church, my wife as the pastor's wife and the staff and the, you know, you know what we've decided? That we're just going to be proactive. We can't sit there and complain about what's going on out there. We may have to shut down and we'll start. You you say, what are we going to do when we reopen? We're just going to rebuild. You know, we're going to start back up and we're going to come back with a vengeance. And you say, what if you have to shut down again? Then we'll shut down again and then we'll rebuild again. Here's what I'm telling you. It doesn't matter. The Bible says a just man falleth seven times and getteth up again. What we can learn from Joseph is this. It doesn't matter what life does to you in life. You must choose to be proactive. In life, you must choose to make things happen. And sometimes you say, well, I can't, you can't control the economy. I can't control the economy. I wish I could. You can't control what's happening out there. I can't control what's happening out there. I wish I could. But you know what I can control is what I can control. 
What I can control is the things that are within my control. So in those areas, I'm going to keep a good attitude. I'm going to work hard. You say, oh, well, you know, these live stream services. Somebody called us this morning complaining about the live stream services. Hey, you know what? I can't control the fact right now that we have to do live stream services. But if we're going to do live stream services, then we're going to try to do the best live stream services that we can do. If we're going to do it, we're going to put our, our, our effort into it. We're going to do it with all our might. And we're, we're going to do what we can to stay connected with people. We're going to do what we can uh, uh, to, to do what we can during a time like this. Because being proactive means making things happen. And being proactive means working on that which you can control. And you can sit there and give all sorts of excuses as to why you can't. Or you can decide, you know what, forget about what I don't have control over, what do I have control over? What can I get to work on? And where can I be proactive? Let me give you a third statement in regards to being proactive. I said, number one, being proactive means making things happen. I said, number two, being proactive means working on what you can control. Number three, being proactive means your life will eventually get better. See, the reason you want to be proactive is because When you are proactive, the Bible teaches this, and and God promises this, that your life will get better. Even if you feel like, well, I'm just uh, spinning my wheels, and I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of an idol, and I'm not getting anything done that I want to get done. You know what the Bible teaches? The Bible teaches that being productive, when someone is proactive in their life, their life will get better. Let me just run a few verses and give you some examples of this um, from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 10. In Proverbs 10, we find this idea that being productive uh, pro- productive will make you a success with your finances. Proverbs chapter 10, look at verse 4. The Bible says this, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. And the word slack there is referring to someone who's being lazy. Like we might use the word slacker. Oh, that guy's a slacker. And we're referring to someone who's lazy. The Bible says, he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. Look, the Bible says this. You want to be poor? Be lazy. If, 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 if you're lazy, you're going to become poor. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. Notice, but the hand of the diligent. What's, what's someone who's diligent? That's someone who's proactive. That's someone who takes the initiative and puts in the effort. But the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Go to Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 4. And look, I believe that the book of Proverbs here is just telling us this is the truth of life. Obviously, as Christians, our goal should not be to be rich and, and to be as rich as possible. But, but God's not against you being rich. Uh, he just, he's against you loving money, but he's not against you having money. But you know, here God tells us, hey, this is just a rule of life. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, by the hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Proverbs 13 and verse 4. Notice what the Bible says. The soul of the sluggard desireth. The soul of the sluggard, what's a sluggard? Someone who's lazy. They desireth and hath nothing. You know what sluggard people? Sluggard people always tell you what they want. I want this. I want that. But the Bible says, and they have nothing, and have nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. And that's what you and I would say would be made full. And here's what the Bible is saying. When you're diligent, you're going to get what you want. You're going to get what you, uh, what, what you desire. But the soul of a sluggard is going to want, and it's going to have nothing. Go to Proverbs 14. 
Look at verse 23. Proverbs 14 and verse 23. Notice what the Bible says. In all labor, there is profit. In all labor, there is profit. In all labor, there is gain. But the talk of the lips tendeth only to punery. And the word punery means extreme poverty. This is something that Joseph understood. Joseph understood this, that in all labor, there is profit. In all labor, there is gain. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If if you're laboring, there's something for you to gain. So therefore, whatsoever the hand finds to do, do it with all thy might. Because there's, there's gain in all labor. Several years ago, we had a bunch of lazy single guys in our church, and they just refused to work. And people would try to tell them, like, well, why, you know, this place is hiring. Why don't you go get a job here? Or, you know, here's somewhere that's hiring. Why don't you get a job here? And, and these guys would say, oh, well, you know, that's below me. I went to college, and I have a degree, so I'm only going to work if I can get, you know, paid a certain amount of money. But you know what they did not understand? That in all labor, there is profit. And you know what the truth is? That sometimes you take a job that's not a very good job, but that will open doors to better jobs, greater jobs. I talk to the men in our church that are f- super successful, make a lot of money, and they'll tell me the stories of how they got there, and they took this job that maybe wasn't that great, but that opened the door to this job that was a little better, and that opened the door to this job, and now, you know, they're, they're, they're very successful. They've got up the ladder. Look, in all labor, there's profit. You know these guys who refuse to work? To this day, they're still unemployed. And the point is this. Here's what Joseph understood. He, he could have said, well, there's no profit in being a, a, a laboring as a slave. Literally, there is no profit in laboring as a slave. I'm not going to get paid. But see, Joseph understood this, that in all labor there is profit. Whether I get paid well or not, there is something to gain in having initiative. There is something to gain in putting in effort. In all labor, there is profit. Go to Proverbs chapter 12. Look at verse 24. Not only will being proactive, not only will it make you a success in your finances, but you know what? Being productive, uh, uh, proactive will uh, make you a success in your career. Proverbs chapter 12, look at verse 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. What does that mean? You know, the guy, the guy who works hard, he's the one that's going to get promoted. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Go to Proverbs 22, look at verse 29. The slothful being under tribute means that they're going to be under the authority of someone. Proverbs 22, look at verse 29. Proverbs 22 and verse 29. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? When you see a man of activity, a woman of activity, he says, seest thou a man diligent in his business? Notice, here's the promise. He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. And that right there, that that could be the life verse of Joseph. See, is now a man diligent in his business? Yeah, but he's being diligent as a slave. Yeah, but he's being diligent as a uh, prisoner. See, is now a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before a king. Here's the promise from God. When you are proactive, when you put an effort, when you take initiative, when you work hard, it'll pay off in the end. Because on all labor, in all labor, there is profit. Go to the book of Genesis, if you would, Genesis 39. While you go there, I'll read to you just from this... Uh, a little quote from this book. It says this, I know of no more encouraging fact than the unquestionable ability of a man to elevate his life 
by conscious endeavor. You can elevate your life. You can make your life better. In fact, people elevate their lives and they make their lives better, but they do it by instilling in themselves the habit of being proactive. The habit of just saying, you know what, I'm going I'm I'm to be a man of activity. I'm going to make things happen. What does that mean? It means that I'm going to take the initiative. I'm going to put in the effort. It means that I'm not going to sit there and complain about what the environment is and what the economy is doing and what's going on out there. Are there problems out there? Absolutely. But I cannot worry about the lion that's out there. I realize that my real problems are not out there. They are in here. They are right here. And I'm going to go to work on that which I can work on. And the Bible promises that when you do that, God will bless you. When you do that, God will help you. See, is thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. And all labor, there is gain. Joseph was proactive. And you know what? Everywhere he went, he was elevated. Joseph took the initiative and put in the effort. And everywhere he went, he was elevated. Let's look at some verses real quickly and we'll finish up. Genesis 39 Notice Joseph in the house of Potiphar as a slave. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. See, Joseph was proactive. You say, even as a slave? Yeah, you know what? I don't know about you, but I I, I think we should learn from Joseph. If I'm going to be a slave, then I want to be the best slave I can be. In fact, I want them to put me in charge of all the other slaves. That's what happened to Joseph. He made him overseer over his house. Joseph, we see here, he was a proactive man. He was a hardworking man, and he was elevated. You say, yeah, but that's just elevated as a slave. That's not very impressive. Okay, we'll go to Genesis 39, look at verse 22. Genesis 39 and verse 22. Here we see Joseph in prison. Notice, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Here we see him elevated in prison. He gets to prison and he takes initiative. He puts in effort. He goes to work on that which he can control and he doesn't worry about that which he cannot control. And what do they do? They elevate him. And he becomes the keeper of the prison. The Bible says, committed to Joseph's hand, all the prisoners. You say, oh, well, that's in prison. That's not very impressive. Okay, we'll go to Genesis 41. Look at verse 40. Genesis 41 and verse 40. Because remember, the Bible says, See as thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings. In Genesis 41 and verse 40, we see Joseph standing before the king, Pharaoh, the most powerful man on earth at this time. Notice what the Bible says. This is Pharaoh speaking to Joseph. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. You know, Joseph, everywhere he went, he was elevated. Everywhere he went, his life got better. Everywhere he went, they put him in charge. Why? Because he was proactive. Because he was a man of activity. Because he was someone who just decided, You know what? I'm just going to make things happen. I'm going to take the initiative. I'm not going to wait till somebody tells me what to do, till somebody forces me. I'm just going to take the initiative. I'm going to put in the effort. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work on that which I can control, and I'm not going to worry about that which I cannot control. And God promises 
And God promises that your life will get better as a result. So habit number one of the seven habits of highly effective Christians is this. Be proactive. Be proactive in your life. Don't be inactive. Don't be reactive. Be someone who says, I'm going to happen to life. I'm not going to let life happen to me. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this lesson that we can learn uh, from, from this book, but Lord, also just from, from the word of God, from the life of Joseph, that you bless hard work. You bless proactive people. And Lord, I pray that you would help us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us. Right now, we're kind of in a transitional time and we're on lockdown. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to just decide, let's get to work on what we can control. There's lots of things we cannot control. Let's get to work on what we can control. And let's be proactive people. Lord, help us. In the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen. We're going to have Brother Matt come up and lead.